0: The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by. Hey there, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 16. Today, we're going to talk with a fellow New Age Christian. This is the first episode in a series that I want to start doing with people like you, those of us who have journeyed from Christianity to New Age Christianity or from New Age religion to New Age Christianity. Either way, the journey is something that we all have in common and our stories yet couldn't be more diverse. So today we have Kayleen Hale, who is a spiritual daughter of mine and somebody who has been very instrumental in helping me build a lot of the ideas that I carry, a lot of the ideas that New Age Christianity is sharing with the world. So I hope you enjoy meeting her, and I think you will like some of the insights that she has had in her story. And as always, let's get going. Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher, and this episode is the first episode of a series, I don't know if I would call it a series, but a type of episode I want to start doing uh, for the New Age Christian Podcast, where you actually get to hear from some people who call themselves New Age Christians. And today, I've mentioned her before a few times. Uh, by our first guest for this little uh, experiment is uh, Kayleen Hale. Say hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) She's a a spiritual daughter of mine and a very close friend. We've been in relationship for about four years at this point, um, my wife and I and her and her husband Ron. The context for this episode and episodes like it is essentially, you know, New Age Christianity is a new uh, identity that some of us have decided to take on. and. In the world that we live in, um, that phrase alone is is kind of difficult for people to comprehend. It sounds like an oxymoron right out of the gate, right? A New Age Christian. Um, The other day, we were out our um, my wife and I and Ron and Kaylee were out at a movie, and we ran into an old friend of ours who uh, was wondering what was going on. We We were talking, and and at this point, we started talking about how Kaylee and I were going to be recording a podcast. And they asked what the name of it was. I said, oh, it's the New Age Christianity. <laughs> and the look on his face at that point was absolutely priceless. Because let's be honest, you know, when you hear New Age Christianity and you come from that Christian world, uh, heck, even if you come from the New Age world, those two words do not typically belong together. So we want to start doing episodes with people like myself, like Kayleen, Do you want me to call you Kayleen or Kaylee?
1: Go for Kaylee, it makes it simpler.
0: Okay, so like Kaylee and others, and I want you to start hearing from them. Each one of us has our own journey and this thing called New Age Christianity largely doesn't have a full identity yet. I'm doing what I can to give it an identity, but in the end it's gonna be the community that, that decides what it means to be a New Age Christian. So welcome Kaylee.
1: Thank you for having me, I'm excited.
0: I am too. I've never done an interview podcast. I've never done an interview like this at all. So we'll see how many cutouts and retakes we have to do.
1: (laughs) So far we're on number two.
0: Yes, exactly. So I got a few, you know, both Kaylee and I are verbal processors. So having 45 minutes of content is not going to be the problem today. So I have a few questions and um, you come from... A past a Christian, you were your pastor's kid, right? A PK. Correct. And you're also homeschooled.
1: <laughs> that I was.
0: So there's some context there rolling into an identity known as New Age Christian. That uh, I think, I think our audience would find fascinating. I find it fascinating. Um, but before we get there, um, just in general, because this podcast is about New Age Christianity as a whole, what does being a new age Christian mean to you, or how would you define it?
1: Oh, goodness. How to define something this uh, vast. First of all, uh, the the community as um, small as it currently is, um, is filled with a bunch of people who are living in their I am. And I know you've talked about that in different earlier podcasts about what that means. But like The easiest way to define that is the relationships that you have are with other powerful people. Other people who are not mm. being victims, who are understanding their own creative energy. People who are may not be happy with where they're at, but they are actively looking and learning and seeking and growing to create a new reality. It's empowering. It's a strong community to be a part of. And um, personally... It's it's new. It's organic, um, and it's just very pure to be a part of. You're you're coming in, and I don't know. For me, being from the Christian community, it'd be like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in this, this or that, or like mm. you know, having to qu- set yourself apart from all this other stuff that you don't believe in. Or yes, I'm a Christian, but I believe in miracles. I believe in you know, tongues, or I believe in all these other stuff. You have to framework it. New Age Christianity. It's still being defined, but in a lot of it, it, it en- encompasses everything that, you know, I believe so far. I don't have to define within that what sector I am. Right. So.
0: That is actually, I, I that's a good good start to this podcast. I hadn't actually considered, this is why I love talking to Kaylee, the insights into just um, the inner workings of ourselves and realizing, oh my gosh, I haven't had to define my I amness to somebody in years by all the things I don't believe, in. right? I mean, we, we live in a culture where it's like, so what do you believe in? Well, I'm not really sure, but I can tell you all the things I don't believe in, right? And that is uh, <laughs> kind of useless, right? So New Age Christianity is a community of people that, how would you simplify that?
1: A community of people, it's hard to uh, explain because they're all so vast, but a lot of people who know that there's more and are actively searching out the more, that was one of the reasons that I got into it, is I knew there was more. I knew that Christianity did not have the answers that I was looking for, but it's also, like I said, a powerful place to be it's a lot of creative energy, and just the understanding of relationship, for me, that was something I didn't find mm. in Christianity. As much as they they preach it, there was very few people living it, and a lot of those were the radical ones, huh. <laughs> but uh, trying to have that relationship with Father and Spirit, what is that? And it was always vague answers. It was always the stuff, and it was just... I mean, it was great for when it was, but like um, you've talked about, the times, the ages, mm-hmm. it no longer works. It, it's right. definitely, you can see how toxic it's becoming and it's just dying from the inside out. So.
0: And that's something that you personally have a lot of personal experience in because of growing up as a PK, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, as you have personally journeyed. I know a lot of your story. Uh your par- I know your parents. I actually worked with your father. Um, an, an amazing dude. Um, and in your your sister I've worked with your sisters yeah, so professionally. <laughs> um, one of them anyways in a coffee shop and different components. So I know your family fairly well, right? <laughs> and that you you do. <laughs> and you have above more than the rest of them have kind of taken on this identity of being a new age Christian. And if you are comfortable. I'd be, I'm curious of what some of the insights or nuggets or things that you would share with people that might have family that, for lack of a better way to say it, that these ideas are scary, you know, that they care about your soul and they don't want you to go the way of the dodo bird, you know.
1: Oh, goodness! My parents are a little more open-minded than a lot of other Christians. That's true. Um like Austin said, my dad he worked with my dad for years in um, a church. And because of that, my dad is fairly understanding of the crazy man Austin Fletcher. <laughs> my mom, not so much. um she's she's definitely trying to be a little more open to you, mm-hmm. but you and her definitely got off on the wrong foot. <laughs> There's legendary stories about that for another day. But I know that there is definitely this concern that is very felt in my family for what what I've become a part of and like, what am I doing? And the hard thing for them in particular is that anytime they ask me questions, which I have told them that they can, that I'd be open with them, is that they can't find a reasonable thing to pull apart that they can't find something that doesn't make sense. Um, so that's the hardest thing for them, that this crazy religion that I'm a part of, or community, or belief system, I guess, is the best way to put it, is it actually makes sense that, that they can't pull it apart. I know that um, just before Christmas, my little sister came home. She's a, a very intelligent, very um, just smart individual, and likes to think things through. And like Austin says, he, he knows my family. She used to come to a Bible study. Yeah. Oh, man, this had a, at least seven years ago.
0: Yeah, I knew her. I knew the rest of your family right before I knew you. Yeah, I used to think she hated me, actually.
1: <laughs> I was just unsocial <laughs> and awkward, <laughs> homeschooled. But uh, my sister and I had a discussion um, right before Christmas. And I know that I pushed of her for buttons and unintentionally offended her and different stuff. But her hardest thing was, she actually said something to me where she was like, I hate arguing with Austin because he'll say all these things that sound so right, but I know what I believe, I just can't explain it. And it really hit a button with me going, if I can't explain what I believe, do I actually believe it? Does it make sense to actually believe? Is it positive in my life if I can't define it? The hard thing with my family isn't so much that they don't understand it is just that it's scary. There is fear and like and and it feels so wrong. I mean being taught in the Christian year for years. I would say like I didn't truly leave that until I was probably 23.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I've been a part of it for 23 years and going, I, I am a God, I, I am an I am, mm-hmm. that is terrifying to so many individuals. And that's where my family would have the hardest part going, but no, we are still separated. And I go, how? Right. And that's the hard part is they can't explain to me how that there's still separation. Right. And that my answers make sense. And that scares them that there, there is more.
0: It's one of those things, it's like, you know, Jesus looks right at the Pharisees and says, guys your scriptures say that you are gods. And they're like, we're going to kill you. Like, <laughs> Literally, that is their response. So like that, that is their, like, we have nothing to say to you, but we're going to kill you because you just made me mad. And that is the, uh, so some of you listening to this podcast at this point, we're only a few episodes in. And I know early on, I referenced in one podcast, I don't know if you've heard it yet. I said something about along the lines of you being gods. And I was like, Oh, crap. Wait a minute. I don't think people know that one yet.
1: I I think that was episode three, the one on honor, because I I have heard that one.
0: Yes. And so, you know, my favorite. uh, this is at the point which I always quote Thomas Troward, right? If anything is true, there's a way in which it is true. And we are not saying that we are the universal mind or that we are the creator of all the universe, but that we are like him and that we, as Jesus says, do your scriptures not say that you are God's? And if we're if that's the DNA of our father, then it's the DNA of our older brother, then it's the DNA of us, right? And that's the thing I hear um, for a lot of people is essentially it's uncomfortable, as you said. It's it's more of an energetic challenge than it is an intellectual challenge.
1: Oh, most certainly.
0: And the reason is because the intellectual challenge actually has answers, and that's the, like the. Oh no, like they want intellectual answers and then you give them to them and it leads them to the simple interpretation of those verses that are all throughout the Bible. Or maybe you really are like Him. Maybe you really are sinless. Maybe you really are perfect and all of these other
1: things. But I find like in my personal experience with when dealing with people who don't comprehend that is that there's a responsibility to that. Mm. There is a matter of taking your life into your own hands. And you understanding that your life is manifesting what you believe. So if you don't like where you are in life, then maybe you need to check your own beliefs. And so it's very difficult to talk to somebody and tell them that their life is their fault. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I, I know I just triggered so many buttons. I'm so sorry. No, it's good. Um, Unpack it. <laughs> like, like I said, if our, our beliefs are what create us, what define us, both our conscious beliefs and our subconscious beliefs, and emotions, positive and negative, that are infecting us, infecting, affecting us, <laughs> both, actually. <Yeah. laughs> um, how, like, our life will reflect that. If you've been uh, abused or hurt, how you will react to that in different ways throughout the rest of your life. It creates beliefs, so it creates other stuff that are impacting you. I know that um, my relationship with my father has most certainly dictated my relationship with Father God. Right. Good and negative. And so, when I say these beliefs are impacting you, it sounds awful like, oh, so many people want to play the victim, or I guess are victims of their own, Mm -hmm. and they go, how could you dare say that? How could you say that they did this to themselves? Like, What kind of person are you? And that's where well, Austin always says, hey, if you do this to yourself, you can undo it. You can right. change it. Like, hey, this is good news. We're saying you're not powerless. This yeah. life that you hate. Yeah, we're saying it's your fault. But how much greater now? Because you can actually do something and change it.
0: Right. That's one of my favorite parts of the secret, the movie, the secret. Um, one of the guys says, you know, are you telling me that bad client or that sickness or that that debt or that whatever it is that it's my fault and he says you know i'm here to be a little bit in your face and say yeah it is and there's two reactions one of two reactions you can simply well one of three i guess the third reaction is is you don't believe the law of attraction at all and you think it's a bunch of junk and you just ignore it but the two main reactions are either you get mad and offended that i just told you that that thing that happened to you was your fault and I didn't ask to be, I mean, there's some really bad things that happen to people. You know, people get raped, people get, you know, murdered, car accidents that kill, you know, what, there's some really bad stuff. And to go, that was, you can't tell me that was my fault. And so then you get mad. Or the other reaction is to go, wait a minute, you mean I have control? I have the ability to affect my life and I can actually take responsibility, but it is scary as heck. I mean, it is super scary to be responsible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're choosing to say from now on, everything that happens to me is my fault. Hey, I'm in a, a dead-end job that I don't like. This is my fault. Hey, I'm, you know, mm. procrastinating. I want to be something, but I'm not doing it. Again, my fault.
0: Well, Would you say that's one of the primary shifts that you've adopted going from how you were raised to quote-unquote new-age Christianity?
1: Um, most certainly. For me, at 18 years old, I can, I can say 18 because I remember it was my senior year, and I remember realizing that the reason I didn't do well in school is because I believed I was stupid, and therefore I didn't put in effort because I already believed it, so therefore why would I put in effort? Right. And I was aware enough to understand that's what I was actually doing, but I didn't know how to change it. Mm. I was stuck in the cycle, and I knew I was stuck in the cycle, but I didn't know how to, you know, change. Right. And so that was one of the things that New Age Christianity really brought to me was how to change.
0: Mm. I,
1: I knew I needed it, but it gave me the how to do it.
0: Yeah, that's actually two episodes ago. By the time you know, depending on when this one goes live, I think it was episode number nine. I did uh, how to keep your New Year's resolutions. And it was basically five how-tos of change and a lot of the things that we know. One of my favorites is a more recent one is the the reticular activating system inside your brain, right? So you're talking about believing you're stupid. (laughs) And what it is, is you're, think of all the data you have in front of you at all, at any given time, that of all the things you could see, the noises you could hear, all of the inputs that are around you, especially if you're in a public place all the people you could notice or not notice, all the cars that you could, you know, pay attention to on the road or not pay attention to. Your brain has a system in in the reticular activating system that actually is designed to filter out irrelevant information, okay? Well, the definition of information that is relevant or irrelevant is the information that helps you survive versus this information that doesn't have anything to do with your survival. So it's literally a survival mechanism. When it comes to beliefs, it filters out all of the things that help your I am-ness survive. So if your I amness is I'm stupid, it will filter out everything that proves that wrong and it will feed you everything that proves that right. Your brain will actually prove itself right because your identity is under attack. If you imagine like if you believed you were, it, you, you believed you could fly and yet everywhere you went gravity was defeating you, you would think you were crazy. Right? Because your life, your brain is not, so your brain is actually designed to reinforce your identity. Otherwise, you'll think, I'm crazy. I, I, you know, it's, um, there's so many nuggets and tools like that that I think New Age Christianity, I've attempted to bring into this system and bring into this concept because, let's be honest, the self-help world the new age world the quantum physics world and all of the above they have discovered some amazingly beautiful things i believe they're all in the bible and they're all not just the bible but they're all throughout christianity historically i mean that but they just haven't been given a name and they certainly are scary <laughs> so when people ask you like you know what do you believe or what kind of what group are you a part of or where do you go to church like what do you what do you tell them
1: I have actually had this happen to me, and I'm trying to remember specifically, but it happened at Starbucks when my co-workers asked me because I tend to have, like, radical views on a lot of random stuff. Okay. <laughs> but it, it usually comes down to, you know, I believe everything that's in the Bible, but I believe there's more. Hmm. And that there's more to this coming age. It doesn't end with the Bible. It's just that's the first part of the story. And so the New Age Christianity is just the next chapter or the Mm. next, you know, testament, if you want to go into that. So when you have, you know, eternity at your fingertips and you have all this belief in I am, so you understand that matter is a part of you, but it doesn't hold you back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're also spirit, and it's not about going to heaven. It's about bringing the kingdom to earth. It just brings empowerment. And it's about working with the Father to create, not just creating his plan. You
0: know, I love, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, so if New Age Christianity, if if we were to develop a concept or a, a language around it that basically couched it as this is a continuation of the story. This is not a rewriting of the story. It's not challenging all the norms. It's and it really is. It's it's look, the 2,000 years of churchianity is over. You know, I'm sorry, but it is. The like
1: hate the, to break it to you.
0: Yeah, it's the the ch- churchianity is over, just look around. And then before that it was two thousand years of the law, Hebraic law. That's over. And the two thousand years before that, like so. Time is continuing, and New Age Christianity is, is not trying to rewrite history or replace what's happened. Mm-mm. It's just trying to continue the story. And for those of you who are wondering, like the Bible is full of uh, references and things that allude to, guys, there's more. There's more coming. There's another age coming. Just look at the scriptures where Jesus uh, talks about the age to come. And you'll start, a lot of those references are misunderstood for being heaven, I believe. So that's the radical views you're talking about. Like, (laughs) we actually believe immortality is for here. We believe the kingdom is here. We believe perfection is here. We believe that self-government is the way of the future. Like, all of these things that aren't just for heaven, but they're for now.
1: How dare we believe such (laughs) radical views? How could God create a world that could actually sustain itself?
0: Right. And that's... That is another thing Like I want to start doing, because um, New Age Christianity needs to get out of that churchianity system that says, we're religion, and then there's life over here, and that talking about politics and talking about technology and talking about business, I mean, that I, I love, there's a new industry that's kind of popping up with, with the internet the way it is now. I can't remember the guy's name who coined the phrase, but kind of the youpreneur. Instead of entrepreneur, it's the youpreneur, where it's basically there's these communicators. Tony Robbins is a perfect example Mm -hmm. where he's an entrepreneur, but he's also a speaker. And he's got these. And what's happening is, is that the pastor of the future looks like Tony Robbins, right? To honestly, the, the church of the future looks like this. It looks like podcasts. It looks like books. It looks like digital media. And then the projects, you know, the beautiful thing is the Tony Robbins community has nonprofit projects. They do. They have the things that the church has been good at for 2,000 years, but it's rolling it into the next age. Um, Sorry, that's a little bit of my soapbox.
1: So that's okay.
0: (laughs) So I have, this one is a, it's a bit personal. Okay. So you don't have to get, you can be as detailed as you want or not. But coming from church, pastor kid, homeschool, and the journey, I mean, we've talked a bit about some of the, the challenges that you've had and, the, and how your family has perceived you, but for you personally, ignoring what else is, what was the most difficult thing to address to kind of, when, I don't know if you're like me, and I feel like a lot of people, they, we dabble and we dabble and we dabble in something new, but at some point we decide, no, this is what I'm going to do, right? So for you, do you remember what it was, if it was one or two or three things like that were the most difficult for you to resolve in no longer dabbling with New Age Christianity, but actually embracing it?
1: I don't know if I had a hard time embracing New Age Christianity, partially because I was on the journey with you. Mm -hmm. So it came in stages, it came in, like we said, we've known each other for Four years, but before actually knowing Austin, I went to that church and I heard him preaching for years before that. Mm -hmm. And as much as he said before, he thought I hated him. Actually, (laughs) he was my favorite person to listen to. Um, He always made the most sense and had the best put together sermons. Uh, Personally, that's what I always thought. You can ask my husband. You were his favorite too. (laughs) I was. But uh, the thing was, is coming from the church, being a pastor's kid, I saw the corruption of the church. And there is a lot of corruption, and it's just felt always tied to money. What? Funnily enough.
0: Speaking and, of which, uh, we accept donations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like um, one of the first churches that like I really considered home split up because of money, and we were like forced together with another church, and it was a mess. And it just gave me so much anger. And then uh, going back to another church when I first got married, and I was in Grand Rapids, going to this big mega church and just seeing stuff. And like I go in Mm. with very open eyes. And I was already very much a skeptic, I guess. At
0: that point, yeah.
1: Yeah, and being able to see things going, I know that's not true. And I know enough people that know the pastor and know what's going on that I know that this is how they specifically do things that they tell the college-age group like pastor that they have to do an offering call, even when the pastor, like the college-age group, didn't want to. He's like, this is college kids. They're broke. We don't want to do that. We don't want them to think that's why we have them. But the church told them that they had no choice so that they had to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, this is supposed to be a community that cares about people, that are supposed to help with people's finances, and it sounds like it's all about their bottom line. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, like, knowing... Not that I have a problem with people in ministry making a lot of money. I really don't. But it was knowing that, like, when the church could help out in situations they didn't unless it made them look bad. And that the pastor was building his, like, second beautiful massive lake house. Right. And I know it was massive because I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) That sucker had a lot of bedrooms and prime real estate, like... And again, I don't have a problem with people in ministry making money. I hope to be making a lot of money someday. Right. But it was the fact of how much they put pressure on money, but never understood the value of it themselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's manipulation. Very that, much. As you say, I mean, corruption is. Ugh. So is that too, so, so that was
1: you. Go that ahead. was one of the reasons that I was like, this doesn't work. Mm. But the problem was, is that I had had enough experiences with spirit and enough experiences with father and miracles that I knew that the Bible made sense. And I knew enough about creation and science, um, just enough for me to know that, that I had this unbreakable faith in the Bible, but the entire church system just didn't make sense to me. Mm. So I thought we needed to do church better. How'd that go? Well, there was this church called North Point, and they tried, and we
0: did. We tried really hard.
1: <laughs> that was that's where Austin and my father worked together, and it did a lot of good. Mm-hmm. It did. It wasn't a complete failure. It brought a lot of people together. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's some people from the community that are from there. Yeah. So I mean, it didn't fail, but it didn't work. <laughs> yeah long term it it wasn't sustainable you know finding that you're just bringing in a bunch of people that pretty much want to feel good about themselves you know worship good to that place of worship feel that connection with spirit but actually making real change in people's lives we weren't seeing much of it right we were able to get out like the grace message but then you were just having a lot of Jesus loving people with freedom which is great, but there was no responsibility. There was right. no taking their I amness, taking that next step. It just stopped at that, which isn't horrible. But when there's so much more, it's disappointing.
0: And that's the you know, it's I struggle with. Uh, I feel like I know you well enough. Know that there's certain personalities, right? That want, like we want to change the world, like just we just a little bit, just a bit. And so <laughs> it's it's like this driving passion for us. And I think North Point largely taught me the value of, there is absolute beauty in people who just want to live that quiet life. I mean, actually Paul talks about, about finding that kind of that, that center point of just, I'm, I'm in the kingdom, I'm living in the kingdom, my family's great, my life is great. And yet, I view church largely as kind of having, and I've mentioned it multiple times on the podcast, you know, the three goals of this, of church in my mind, are learning right you know personal growth or spiritual growth whatever you want to call it community and then action like let's actually do something (laughs) what's funny
1: (laughs) what action what is this madness
0: right so and that's the one that like you'll find different churches that have these different drives like we're all about community we're all about community we're all about community or we're all about learning we're all about learning we're all about learning or we're all about action 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 it's very difficult it's, and I don't, I think that, and I've mentioned it before, the best model I've ever seen that can do all three of those is Bethel. Mm-hmm. They've clearly doing a lot in the world, but I think of the different components, um, you know, they have strengths and weaknesses we all do. And, and New Age Christianity will as well. But
1: I feel like though with Bethel, one of the reasons they have kind of got all three is they also have three main people in leadership. Mm-hmm. And if we really look at them, each of them kind of hold a specific one. Right. Like, I mean, I, Danny Silk, he's community. He created that culture of honor. If he wasn't there, Bethel would not have that. Right. So.
0: Yeah, yeah and then you got Bill with the action. He's all about kingdom. Go get stuff done. Right. And then you've got um, Chris. Yeah. Who's the, you know, he's learning in, in the school and stuff.
1: Which is phenomenal. But that's what what the next age needs to look like. We need to be working with people that are different from us, that have those different callings, those different natural bents. I mean, there's many times that, even as my spiritual father, we have seen that while we're both verbal processors, we are so very different. Yes. <laughs> Austin knows that he cannot tell me to do research because that will be the last thing I will ever do. <laughs> like... He's like, why don't you go research this? And I'm like, yeah, I'd rather go hit my head against the wall really hard. <laughs> but if you tell me something is exciting and has some great information on how to know people better, I'm like all about that.
0: Right. New East Christianity to me is attempting to make the, this, the spirituality thing so open mm-hmm. that you don't have to build a community around one type of personality. Right And it's difficult because're like, we're, we're all trained, right? We're on uh, marketing and, and the internet and how all this is works. I mean, it could be very easy for people to for New age Christianity to be built around just my personality or just yours or anybody else's. But innate within New age Christianity itself is that it's open enough and free enough that all types of people find themselves fully capable of embracing this idea and this identity, and that's arguably the biggest challenge from an organizational standpoint, because how do you rally people to like so many different flags? But I think the road's ready for it if we can just figure out how to, how to crack that code and, and introduce these podcast listeners to people such as yourself, because Kaylee, you are very relational. You are very much into the community side of things. And that is something that while I, I value it, uh, the moment I open my mouth, we've talked about this actually, there's a private community on Facebook for those of you who I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but we do have a private community and it's really meant for that. It's meant for community. The studies and the information and stuff like that is different. And when I go into that community discussion, I'm, I'm running into the problem where I can't really open my mouth much or else <laughs> or else if i open my mouth my mouth too much it starts both by my own bent and my own my own passions but also just energetically it kind of turns into a teaching session and that's one of the things that we're hoping to kind of remedy in how church often works
1: yeah that is definitely um, one of the things that we're learning is how to have a community where somebody who is a teacher is also a friend yeah and a brother and have you know that honor yeah. in different places
0: that was one of the things your dad really tried to do was pull down the so I he asked me to be he, her father was the senior pastor of this church for a while and then wanted to kind of create a plurality of leadership and asked me to be engaged and the goal was to kind of remove the Moses on the mountain and kind of bring the top down so that, you know, you could just be friends and still teach. And, and it's a really difficult thing for those of us who grew up in churchianity. It's really difficult for us to view each other in those lights.
1: It's a real bummer. And I can say that because, like, I've seen it in your life and also my father's. Right. Because people who know my dad as a friend versus people who know my dad as the pastor he was... Um, have often said he's completely different. Like, my dad is very engaging to listen to. He's a very engaging speaker. He's very well put together. Like, he was phenomenal at it. He had 20 years under his belt easily, and he knew what he was doing. But the guy at home, like, hilarious. Like, when he did Bible time with us, he would randomly insert random names to see if we were even paying attention. (laughs) Like, and... You know, Bible time was very interesting. And my dad is a very funny, punny guy. My dad is the dad joke king. <laughs> and just all these things that people wouldn't otherwise know. And it wasn't because my dad wasn't willing to show them. It's because people were very intentional about putting my dad in this place of teaching only. Right? They, My dad craved relationships with people, and I mean, the four of you guys, the four people that became the other pastors, mm-hmm. like, had all great relationships, I mean, I know you know a different side of my dad than even I do because of that, but how often would it be that he was just trying to create friends, like, when I said the first church broke, like that one about money a while back, then my dad started North Point. The only reason he started that was because his friends from that church wanted him to be their pastor again. Mm. He just wanted to be friends. He was okay with going to another church. He wasn't needing to be that. My dad has his accounting degree, my dad had other opportunities. He didn't need to be a pastor. Mm. But it was the fact that people that he considered friends wouldn't let him be just a friend. Right. So. That is definitely a struggle. That is very relevant in this life, and especially what we're dealing with right now. But the great thing is, is that we understand that, mm-hmm. and we know that we can grow and change. So, guys, I'm I'm here to tell you, Austin's nuts.
0: I'm <laughs>
1: he's got a great sense of humor. Um, he loves movies, <laughs> and he's great to have just a conversation with about life. And not not spiritual, not that stuff. I mean, New age is life in right. some ways, but yeah. your movie quotes are legendary. like
0: yes. I, My timing is legendary. Absolutely, I, I like to think so anyway.
1: <laughs> Though he gets a little upset with me because I only can guess about fifty percent of his. <laughs> like, Did you know where that's from? <laughs> no. It's I like, was sheltered.
0: It's like a running theme for me lately. Like people are like, "You know, you're different than I thought you were, and I'm like, "Dad, it." freaking religion like, just, <laughs> the, the, how
1: dare you have a sense of humor austin no
0: well this it surprises people and i'm like seriously but it is it's the system we've lived in where it's oh well, you're the teacher so we do it the community the private group does a community call a live call every once a month the first sunday night of every month and we just had one last night and you know trying develop community it is that man right now every time i open my mouth and part of it's my fault it's just my personality and i do i step right into into teacher mode or insightful philosopher mode really darn quick but that's who i am as a person so being able to be me freely in a group of people and that's why hence a podcast about meeting somebody else who calls themselves a new age christian so i have one last question for you oh no no that's good <laughs> so new age Christianity. And it's everything we've talked about and all the dynamics. And there's so many things we didn't talk about, clearly. But what impact do you think New Age Christianity could or should have on the world?
1: Oh, goodness. So for me, the personally i'm very much about people i'm very much about how people work so there are so many great implications as far as like nature and like lifespan and all that other stuff but for me i'm like i think about the the powerful side the responsibility that if this became global people would not be able to play the victim mm. people would understand if they're offended they kind of have to deal with it themselves mm. and it's an opportunity for growth And one of the main things that I know that Austin and I very much agree on that, like you need to be growing that life. I mean, there are definitely times of rest and other stuff, but even in that there's growth, but it's all about moving forward and growing in that. Hopefully a year from now, the podcast will sound very different and we'll have different things to say. than from now that, that means we're growing. That means that we're learning. So if we're dealing with a global scale of that, I mean, how incredible is that? There's so many people that get into a job and just get stuck. Mm. And I'll hear people say, like, "You'll learn something new every day," but they're talking about like how a machine works or right. like. I
0: learned. I learned WordPress. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's something like that, which are all well and good, but if you could learn stuff on an emotional scale, on a belief scale, like if you can right. learn communication better. I mean, on this journey, I've learned stuff about communication, I've learned stuff about love languages, I've learned leadership skills, I've learned so many other stuff that for me, relationally, is very important to me. I've also learned, you know, about Jesus being, you know, logic, and all that other stuff that is phenomenally important. (laughs) (laughs) But some of the stuff that I've found that I'm using in my day-to-day life are those other skills that just being in a community of growth has brought out organically. Right. I mean, a lot of those things that I just mentioned came up just because you and I were in the same space talking. Now mm-hmm. um, I know that's where uh, like verbal processor versus internal processor really came into play was when we realized that in the office when we were working with Chris. Right, and how oh
0: my gosh, sorry Chris.
1: <laughs> we're both verbal processors as we've mentioned, so it meant that when we got talking, no work got done. Ever, We would look at the clock, and it was two hours later, and that was supposed to be like a half-hour lunch break.
0: But we were getting work done.
1: We were learning stuff.
0: Because as verbal processors, that is part of your process.
1: It was. We, that um, period, for me especially, was significant growth. The amount that I learned uh, working with you and Chris was just incredible. And that's actually where um, this fathering relationship began.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Christopher Teasdale is another individual that many of you, you will be hearing from soon. And, uh, yeah, the three we'll of us... We'll tie him down and make him do right? this. <laughs> He's a busy guy. But uh, he was... He, the three of us worked um, this last... In 2017 for about six months on on The Epic, which I've mentioned on the podcast before. Anyways, impact on the world. You think thinking most... It sounds, obviously, on, a, on that relational personal
1: level? It's got to be. It's got to be about the individuals because once it b- becomes more, because so much is about the church is being the body, being the body, which is great. But until we understand being the inv- individual I am, we can't be the body. So I think there's going to be a little bit more focus on that to be the next step. We've been trying to skip ahead for about 2,000 years, and we can't do that until we take a step back. and look at ourselves, and then we can start moving forward. And that's when community comes in, and that's when growth comes in, and that's when, you know, wonders and hmm. all that's that good. comes in.
0: Well, I don't think I have anything else to add to add into that. So,
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being the guinea pig. now everyone has to measure up to this amazing episode. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks for joining us for this conversation and our first Interview with a New Age Christian. It's like, it's like an alien. Just interviewed some weird thing. Anyways, we love you guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you on the next episode.